أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد My parents recently came back from a trip to Turkey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them many more chances to have outings and enjoy themselves now that they're Uh, small children have become very big. Uh, my father told me something very interesting, which was that wherever he went, again and again, people would bring up the fact that in Ottoman Turkey, in late Ottoman Turkey, um, when the Ottoman Empire was faced with the Allies, the enmity of the Allies, um, they were somehow politically bullied into taking sides with the Germans in World War One, which is a decision that, uh, suffice to say, hindsight is twenty twenty. We're not going to go into that. But um, when they were, uh, uh, you know, faced with the enmity of the Allies, um, the Russians needed access to the Mediterranean, which could only com- come through the Black Sea, the Golden Horn. So the uh, British and Australians, New Zealanders, etc., Uh, they, uh, along with, uh, as much must be shamefully noted, uh, their uh, uh, Indian conscripts, colonial conscripts, uh, attacked the, uh, uh, the, the, the strait um, at Gallipoli that uh, um, leads into the passage between the Mediterranean and the Black Sea with overwhelming force. The Turks, even to this day, they would remind my father, as they remind me also when I visited, that the Muslims of the Indian subcontinent at the behest of the ulama, uh, they send great amounts of money, uh, obviously not as governments because the British uh, colonial government is not going to uh, want something like this to happen. But the, the regular people at the behest of the, 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 the ulama Uh, they sent large amounts of money uh, to the point where chests of, uh, of jewelry, like personal jewelry from women, their bangles and their necklaces, their rings, etc., etc. Uh, they were all sent to Turkey um, uh, in order to bolster the, uh, the exchequer of the Ottoman state, Sultan Abdul Hamid, the last functional Uh, the last functional sultan of the Ottoman state. Um, and Sultan Abdul Hamid very publicly acknowledged the help of the Indian Muslims. And, and uh, also, even the children of the Indian Muslims, my father was told by these Turks, uh, again and again in different places in Turkey, um, you know, just last week, uh, that, that those, those children, they even wrote letters to the Ottoman sultan in which they expressed their, their, their support And they uh, mentioned their prayers for uh, the the those who defended the the, the Muslim homeland uh, from the uh, attack of, uh, of of hostile foreigners, uh, and so that help and that sympathy and that support was something that even to this day the people remember. And why shouldn't they remember it? Uh, we live in a time where everybody is looking after themselves. People, uh, you know, in English, they say, I'm just looking out for number one. 
Uh, even though <laughs> we're such fools because number one is Allah, it's not the self. That's the biggest delusion of the nafs is to think that, that it's number one. Allah Ta'ala is number one. He's Al-Wahid, Al-Ahad, Al-Fard, Al-Samad, Al-Ladhi Lam Yalid, Walam Yulad, Walam Yakullahu Kufu Anahad. He is the, 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 the one, the unique, the single, uh, the everlasting, the one who was never born. Uh, nor did he beget, and there never shall be anyone like unto him, Jalla wa'ala. Uh, so, uh, obviously people will remember because it is the human nature, especially in the age of materialism, that people don't do stuff for one another except for in, uh, you know, except for if, they, uh, unless they think that there's some sort of material benefit that they're going to get from it themselves. And so, um, when someone does something like that, it's a spiritual act. It's a transcendent act. It's an act that transcends mundaneness and materialism. And it's something really worthy of remembering through the ages and through the generations. And the fact of the matter is even the people who did the act, their sons and grandsons have forgotten about it. But the ones who were the recipients and the beneficiaries of the act, um, you know, they haven't forgotten it. There's still the warmth and the love in their hearts, uh, knowing that there's someone who loved them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, the reason I wanted to mention this is that we live in a time and age where People are, you know, you know, they're telling one another to like grow up and become realistic. Nobody in another part of the world cares for you or cares about you. Why should you care about them? They're happy to see you go to hell as long as they have a, you know, a car in the garage and, and, uh, you know, they're paying their bills. Uh, they couldn't give a damn about you. And the fact of the matter is to love one another for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Everyone from this ummah who says, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, to love one another for the sake of Allah Ta'ala is part of our aqidah. Uh, Imam At-Tahawi, who's uh, 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 aqidah, uh, mashallah, I just taught for like the I think eighth time in the last uh, a couple of years. Uh, uh, mashallah, he... He mentions as a point in his aqidah that everyone from the Ahlul Qibla, everyone who meets any minimal definition of Islam, every single one from the Ahlul Qibla, all of them are the awliya of Allah Ta'ala. All of them are friends of Allah Ta'ala, the ones that Allah Ta'ala befriends and guards them. Uh, so a person needs to be careful how they talk about such people. To hate them is to incur the hatred of Allah Ta'ala. And to love them is to incur the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To pray for them is nothing less than the prophetic uh, sunnah that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who used to pray all night and cry, not for himself, he is the one that Allah Ta'ala forgave him any mistake that he would have made. He obviously is already divinely protected, ma'asum, from committing sin. And his mistakes are described by the ulama as possibly doing something of less virtue when he could have done something of more virtue. Even those theoretical and, and hypothetical mistakes, both in past and present and past and in the future, were already forgiven by Allah ta'ala by the text of the quran so who was he praying for when he was up at night uh, all night in tahajjud it was for us uh, who was his du'as for it was for his ummah who was his uh, what was his uh, 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 hajj when he stood for five and a half hours in arafat during the hot part of the day standing uh, in a desolate plain uh, without his head covered with the sun directly bearing down on him 
It was for his ummah. Who did he save his dua for? It was for his ummah. Who did he save his shafa'ah for his intercession on the day of judgment? It was for the sinners of the ummah, not the uh, Abu Bakr's and Omar's who are going to go uh, to Allah Ta'ala with the, uh, uh, the honor of having been there at the Battle of Badr to defend the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in person, not the Sayyidina Uthman who's going to be a veteran of the Battle of Badr like Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu who was there to take the oath of fealty with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when his own family mocked him and jeered him and his own uncles turned their back on him. He was the one at the age of nine uh, that he uh, stood up and took the, the, the noble hand of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his own noble hand. Those people, they already have it made anyway. Who did Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam save his shafa'a for? For the people who said La ilaha illallah and they took it like a birthright that of course I have La ilaha illallah I'm, an, I'm, I'm a Pakistani I'm an Arab of course I'm going to Jannah uh, and so I can just say it and I'll be forgiven for all the other bogus nonsense bakwas type things that I'm going to do in my life um, you know I have it made you know that those people will say La ilaha illallah and the way that they're, they're uh, you know grow up is you know a betrayal of the sunnah and the way that they get married is a betrayal of the sunnah and the way that they live their life is a betrayal of the sunnah they work in in jobs that are a betrayal of the sunnah they they're everything from the way they look to the way they act to the way they interact with the ones they love and the ones that they hate all of it is a betrayal of the sunnah uh, and they, they'll die in such a way that that uh, uh, shows very little trace of islam on them those are the ones who say the rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to cry for that that people like us make treachery of the sunnah of Sayyidina Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, treachery with good akhlaq, treachery with uh, living to serve other people. Uh, we're the ones that he used to cry for sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's his Mubarak tears are, are the ones that keep us in iman and we're the ones who turned our back on his sunnah. He, we're the ones that he used to cry for and he used to make dua for. Now tell me something. A person who says, why should I give a damn about someone in a foreign country? They don't give a damn about me. If we had to wait for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that we should be pious, that, it, that our piety should earn his concern, all of us would have been sunk and this ummah would have died away a long time ago. It would have been devoid of barakah and it would have been devoid of mercy and it would have been devoid of a chance for the sinner to uh, repent and walk the path of righteousness after having been a selfish person. Why? Because we wouldn't have made it. Our du'as would have, instead of being for each other, they would have been against one another. And a du'a or a, a love that's based on reciprocity is uh, not a love at all. In fact, that's, uh, you know, if you can't treat your enemies with reciprocity, you're not even a human being, you're an unjust person. Rather, the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is anyone who says, La ilaha illallah, wherever they are, whatever color they are, whatever level of piety or practice they have, all of these things, whatever race they are, whatever socioeconomic class, class they're in, even if you know if you had met them, you wouldn't have gotten along with them. The fact that you feel in your heart the sweetness of love, uh, is that fact is a, also a part of the sweetness of something else, and that's iman. And so this idea that we have to love the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we should hear the stories, hear the akhbar, the news about what's happening to the people of Syria, what's happening to the people of Burma, what's happening to the people in Somalia that are going through this epic drought that uh, that's killing animals and killing children, what's happening with the people in Niger, what's happening with the people in, in 
all of Afghanistan and Central Asia, the, the Muslims that live uh, in the Western lands of, of, of China and the Muslims that live in the Central Asian republics in the Indian subcontinent, what's happening with black folks here in the country, what's happening with white folks here in the country who accepted la ilaha illallah, what's happening, you know, instead of throwing labels that this is immigrant Islam and indigenous and all this other stuff. I mean, obviously those labels, if you use them as a, in a matter of fact sense, that's great. That's wonderful. But you know, people, some people use them. There's like, you can feel poison inside of their, um, inside of their tone as if they're trying to separate between us and them. If you don't look at every other Muslim and see a part of yourself in them, right? Which is conformant with the Sahih Hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Al-Mu'minu Mir'atul Mu'min. The believer is the mirror to the believer. If you cannot look and see yourself in another believer and see something to love and see something to have sympathy for, um, then you should go to a doctor, go to one of the mashayikh of this, uh, you know, of this ummah and, and, and ask, how can I get this treated? How can I, how can I, how can I be healed from this? How can I be whole again? And if, you know, and the thing is like all other spiritual virtues, they require some effort to acquire and they require some effort to upkeep and to maintain as well. So go like, listen to these people, talk to these people, hear the stories of the people who are doing well, as well as the people who are suffering. If you can't materially participate in alleviating their suffering, then the more important thing is that we make dua for one another. And if materially you're unable to help everybody, it doesn't mean that you should hold your hand back from helping somebody. Um, this idea that we're one ummah and that we love each other for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is, an, this is like an act of worship, like salat, like fasting, like praying, paying zakat, like paying sadaqah, like building the masjid. People think that the only service they can do for the deen is becoming a doctor or becoming a masjid president. And those things, push those things to the side. Those things, you're not supposed to seek them. If you seek them, they'll destroy you. Those things, if it happens, it happens. But these are the, the, the primary virtues and the characters of the heart that will make a person Nabi-like, that will make a person like the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, if not, uh, you know, if not in a complete way, in a kulli way, at least in a juz'i way, if not you know, to the level of superiority that the Anbiya alayhi salam have, then at least at some level, it will be some qadr mushtarak or common denominator between us and between those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Know that loving the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam near and far across generations in the past and in the future and the present, loving the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, loving the people of la ilaha illallah, keeping their hurma and their sanctity, not making fun of them, not mocking them, because to mock the thing that is holy in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is itself an act of blasphemy, which may even take a person out of Islam, even though the Qadi and the Mufti are not there to give the fatwa of kufr. What's the benefit if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala considers you a kafir because of your istighfaf and your, your uh, istihza, because you're making light and mocking um, something that he considers holy. Uh, uh, you know, so instead of mocking and jing treating another Muslim with sanctity, not just with respect. We should treat all human beings with respect, but treating another person of la ilaha illallah as if this person is holy, he's sacred. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how did he train his companions? Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu is making tawaf around the Kaaba and he looks at it and addresses it and says, how holy are you? How great are you? How sacred are you? And I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that every single believer, even if you and I 
don't think they're such a big deal. He says, I swear that every single believer is more holy and more sacred than the Kaaba. One of my maktab students, I said this hadith to them and or said this ather to them and they really went home and their father asked him, uh, you know, uh, uh, what did you learn in Maktab? He said, the Sheikh said something strange today. So what is it? He said, he said that every believer is more holy and sacred than the Kaaba. And he goes, is it really true, Baba? And his father said, well, if Sheikh said it, it's true. Uh, and so he came to me and he was so happy. He said, this is just one thing that you said to my child. You know, I feel like the entire like Maktab process was worth it because he, he, he said it in such a way. I know he'll remember it for the rest of his life. And this is the training that Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave. So imagine how happy Allah Ta'ala will be with the one who shows concern for the people of the Ummah, near, far, all of them. Imagine how happy Allah Ta'ala will be if the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saved his Shafa'ah and his du'as, his tahajjud, his concern, his worry, his tears for the people of the Ummah. Regardless, I mean, he knew that the people are going to be like this. They're going to betray his message and his sunnah and they'll ice skate by life, knowing that La ilaha illallah will confer them some benefit in doing kind of the minimum, the path of least resistance. He still didn't allow that fact to obscure his love. If being a person of reciprocity that I'll only do good to the one who does good to me is one of the values and one of the shiam and the signs of being a person of kufr then know that loving the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam even though you, you may know inside your heart that they will never give reciprocity that they'll never uh, reciprocate that they'll never do the same back to you then this is the sign that your heart is like the heart of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam at least in this small way and Know that whoever is like Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, whoever loves his sunnah will be with him, and the one who will be with him will be in Jannah, because that's where the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was, was created to be, and that's the one for whom the Jannah was created in the first place and all of its ni'mah. So never be a hater. Always love the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's ummah. Always love the people of La ilaha illallah. Don't worry whether they love you back or not. The reward is not from them, rather, it's from the Allah who created them and the Allah who loved them enough to give them the gift of La ilaha illallah, such a gift that Yom Al-Qiyamah people will come with sins like the mountains and a small placard with the with the kalima of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah will be placed in the scale pans against them and it will weigh, outweigh all of them. Wa in zana wa in saraqa wa in zana wa in saraqa wa in zana wa in saraqa even if a person commits uh, fornication and they should steal and they should do all of these things this La La ilaha illallah is something that there's no physical creation in this universe. Only the world of meanings can contain what its true magnitude is. There's no physical creation in this universe that can contain, contain its, its true meaning and its true form and its true uh, magnitude and its true reality. That to love that and to love the people of that, that's a, an act of iman and it's an act of faith and it's something that will take people to Jannah and it's from the khuluq of the best of this ummah and from the khuluq and the good character of the first people of this ummah and it's something that we will carry with us and if other people don't want to carry it with us they carry it with them that's their problem but we'll never uh, let it leave from our hearts we'll never let it leave from our hearts just like 
those people who gave uh, for the sake of their brothers and sisters in defense of their homeland, in defense of their their honor, in defense of their lives, in defense of their security, and in defense of their safety. Even those who didn't have any money to give, they sent their du'as, they wrote letters, and they sent their du'as, and their, their, their feeling. Trust me, the love is not forgotten in this world, and even if no one in this world recognizes that love, that love will definitely not be forgotten on the Day of Judgment, and it will definitely never be forgotten forgotten or wasted by Allah Ta'ala or His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or those that He loves or those that they love. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala make us amongst those that we, that they love that we should have love and concern for the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that He give us the opportunity of making service for the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that He make us live and pass from this world uh, as part of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wa Sallallahu Tabarak Wa Ta'ala wa Sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.